The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again. It's Black Mental Matters, and it's me, Vince the Voice Bailey. It gives me great pleasure to be with you once again. You know, on this program, we talk about things in our community, particularly as it relates to our mental health, how we process things. And, you know, we want to get rid of that stigma and get rid of the mystery behind, you know, what really makes a fulfilled life and realize that you're not alone and that we can all do this together. Education and social programs alone, without the expressed intention of self family and community economic empowerment make only marginal impacts. Entrepreneurship that results in community level job creation is an important strategy in combating poverty, blight, criminality, and general negativity that's often imposed upon individuals and families in low wealth communities. And to that end, we must inspire, train, and provide opportunities and appropriate resources that allow every person to think and become entrepreneurial. That quote comes from none other than Mr. Henry A. Golat, economic empowerment empowerment broker, economic evangelist, chief architect, and so much more. So we're going to move that needle forward for you and ourselves today. Lock it in because yes, this is Black Mental Matters. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it gives me great esteemed pleasure, if there's such a thing, to introduce this young man. He is an inclusive small business ecosystem builder, chief architect of the Columbus Small Business Agenda, management consultant, community economic development professional, HBCU advocate, and the economic evangelist, none other than Mr. Henry Golat. And the crowd goes crazy. Wow, wow, wow. Vince, I appreciate this opportunity. As a matter of fact, it's been a long time in the making. You and I go way back and, you know, talk often, but uh, thanks for the opportunity to share with your uh, audience here tonight. Uh, appreciate it again for the invitation. Uh, I also want to thank you for uh, announcing me and, 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 and saying that I was a young man. It's been some, some moves, but, but I really appreciate that. I need that. I need that encouragement. Well, uh, man, you know, it is uh, truly my honor. Like you say, we, we go way back and uh, you gave me some opportunities. Uh, it's uh, almost two, dec- uh, two decades ago and opened up my world to uh, uh, the HBCU world. And oh, man, just so many things along the way, man. I mean, we, we, what? I, I, I'm not going to even start listing all the different adventures over the years. But you have always, uh, Henry, and since the day I met you, you were all about helping people and helping them achieve and helping them uh, develop their businesses and things like that. And during this time of, uh, you know, COVID and it's just been a crazy economic roller coaster, particularly for us black folks, I thought it would be just a wonderful man for you to impart some of your knowledge and things. And I, I know we, we're talking, we're going to do a lot of talk about uh, entrepreneurs, but I, I want folks as you listen to this and you talk about entrepreneurs to also, if you got a job, you'd use these same principles and things to get ahead in that world too. But uh, let, let, let's just start off, uh, 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 Hank, by opening up. T- t- 
why it is that that why am I calling you the economic evangelist? Why why do you have that moniker? And it does fit you. But tell them why, man. So so Vince, I, I'll be honest with you that that comes out of the passion for the work and you know the spiritual groundedness, if you will, uh, of the work. One of the things you learn if you're biblically motivated or if you're a student of religious philosophy, whether it's Christianity or otherwise, it, it speaks about uh, the role of, of humans in life. It's, it's not never about selfish gain. It's always about helping someone else mm-hmm. along the journey. Jesus put it this way. He said, what you do for the least of these, yes, you know? Yes. Uh, you know, and so that's kind of the mantra behind the economic evangelism or economic evangelist. That work is universal. It's intended to stir up to motivate, to uh, cause one to see beyond their present conditions and situations. That's what the work of an evangelist is. It's, you know, you make foolproof of an evangelistic mission where you go in and you stir up. You you call someone to, you know, if you were blind and sitting by the pool, you want to you want to see. I want to see what the pool is like. You know? So that's what that whole moniker is about: is encouraging and motivating. It's the emotional part of the work that we do because you know, oftentimes you have to be able to see yourself doing better in order yes. to do that. And the work of evangelists and the work of my work is is to encourage what is possible. You know, don't look at what's not possible. Let's think about what is possible, especially as we look at these times that we are in now. You know, you think about the COVID-19 situation. You think about how that is for a great period of last year, just put everything on hold. And then we started finding places where we were having to navigate just to keep living and keep moving. And one thing that I've, I've lifted up as it relates to the work that we do, the economic evangelist work or, you know, the architecture work around building an agenda and, and inclusive small business agenda is that things work better, number one, when you have uh, some level of a vision around where you want to see things go mm. uh, and, and backing that vision up with systems. One thing I, I'm a big proponent of, you know, really is around how do you develop systems so that you get consistency of outcome and output, you know, over time. And so when I look at this work and I look at the time and the moment we're in, particularly for African-Americans, you know, we need more systems. You know, we need more uh, people adhering to productive systems, and, and especially in the field of entrepreneurship, because when you can define a process, refine that process over time, you end up getting better outcomes. You get you get consistent outcomes over a period of time. And so that's what that whole work is about, defining systems and then seeking out ways to add value. But first of all, starting off by getting the attention of people by motivating them and encouraging them in the way of an evangelist. Now, you, uh, you know, you use some words that are used in that world of uh, uh, economic development, you know, in the systems and things, but want to make sure that people understand that I don't care if you're selling cookies or if you're selling uh, whatever it is that you're doing, systems still play a part. It is not something that is just these major corporations out here that have systems in place. If you're a small business owner like myself, you know, there's systems. And, and, you know, we, we, we talked uh, a week or so ago, Henry, and we, we nailed it down. I asked you, I said, well, Henry, what, you know, as a, as a business person or something, you know, what is the, the end goal? What do you think the end goal is? To make all the money? Is it to be happy? And you said, no, Vince, it is to continue to move that needle forward. And more. Exactly. Move that needle forward. And that just blew my mind because that applies to all of our aspects of life. But moving that needle forward, man, uh, just a powerful, powerful statement right there, Henry. 
So what what that means to me, Vincent, you, you know, use different ways of describing it. But you know, one of my favorite artists, I use his his words, and he, you know, Stevie Wonder is. You know, those who know me know that I'm a big fan. Just big not fan. because you know, just because it's just because his music is great or his singing or musical talent, but because of the phraseology and the lyrics that he put forth, uh, how deep and high, how meaningful they are. One of his songs, uh, the tribute, I think it was to Bob Marley, uh, Hotter Than July. And yes. he goes on to say that song, he says, he says, with your movement in the positive. Mm. He said, when your movement is in the positive, your destination is the brightest star. Mm. So basically what I'm saying by saying adding value Life is a continuum. It continues to go. We have a moment in time. Just We just have just a brief moment in time. If you really want to know the truth about it, our, our time on Earth is very, very brief. And in that time, the sooner you can figure out what value you add to humankind, not mm. just to your own kind, not yes. just to your own family, but to humankind, yes. the humankind experiment the better off you're going to be, the more productive you're going to be, the happier you're going to be. And that doesn't always equate to a big bank account. It doesn't always equate to, you know, the fanciest job. You might not have a C-suite type job. You might not be in the corner office. But as Martin King said, whatever you do in life, as long as you add in value and, and, and doing it to the best of your ability, I don't care whether it's a street sweeper or whatever it is up being, then you are moving in the positive. Mm. You are definitely adding value to the fabric of humankind. I use uh, in, in the voiceover classes, I always tell the, the, the students that it is not because you or I have this great voice. People hire us to help them achieve their goals. And because we help them achieve their goals, that's why they pay us. You know, it ain't about me. It is about, you know, it's about them. And because we help them, and just like what you're saying here, because we help others, that's how we move our needle forward. And that's how we achieve, uh, you know, what we were put down on this earth to achieve yes yes and, and and no doubt i mean like i say if you're if you're able to solve problems i mean entrepreneurship small business ownership if you look at you got hired for the job because you're adding value one one person one put it put it this way he said you get paid for the problems you solve mm. if you're not solving any problems then you, you're not going to get paid very much but mm. if you start the more complex the problem is that you're solving for the greater the opportunity and that's all entrepreneurship is it's about looking at problems that other folks have passed by and said, not today, not me. And and you look at that with the eye toward how do I solve it? What are the pain points around this? Who was experiencing that pain? And how can I solve for that? What's my solution? And then how do I monetize that? What what Where is the value to the market? A heck of a story that you have that uh, just blew me away is when you talked about a young man, because you've been working with entrepreneurs again in, in various capacities. I mean, many, many entrepreneurs, folks, lots of black folks that benefited from this brother. But you t- told me about the brother who back, I don't know, you said some 20 something years ago was talking about delivering groceries and what, <laughs> talking about it back then. And look at what, I mean, that is the biggest thing on earth right now. Everybody just uh, you got an app on your phone, you know, Kroger or whatever store, Publix. I need this, that, and the other, and they bring it to your house. Multi-billion it, dollar business now. It's even wilder than that, This When you think about it, 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 you know, you just look at the dynamics of that whole gig eco, ecosystem and uh, uh, that's at play. It, it's even wilder than just 
you go into the grocery store delivering groceries. You've got people, just, just think about this. you got people through DoorDash and Insta, Instacart and, and things of that nature who they are doing just that. They go in grocery shopping. You send in through an app and say, hey, look, I want, you know, a couple of cans of, uh, you know, gravy and, you know, some meatballs. And, and, and somebody goes in and, and actually gets that. It's a little deeper than just me yes. saying, I want to start a grocery delivery business. Now you have championed the whole world, so to speak, yes. as a part of your company, as a part of your, uh, as a part of your, uh, your, your staff, your, your team yes. uh, who go in a store and find five items and, you know, take it three blocks down the street there. So it, the idea again is looking at the problem and solving for it. And, and so this guy, this gentleman came in uh, to my university based office at that time and said, well, you know, I want to deliver groceries. And it, to, my, to me, this, my mind was so wrapped around the fact that there's a grocery store on every corner, you know, oh, yeah. and, you know, it's not hard to get in and get out. They got big parking lots. I mean, there's right. all kinds of ways to navigate this. And so I told him at the time, I said, man, you know, that was good for the 50s, okay? It, it, I don't know where it has any relevance in today. It's nostalgic. It makes, you know, it's, it's sexy and all of that, but I was wrong. I, I'll be the first to say I was wrong. Uh, when you look at today's time, as we talk about, you look at the fact that, you know, not only can you get it through big giants that deliver, that build their whole business model on delivering that's stuff right. to folks Amazon. like our Amazon, Amazon that's you know, right. or, or, or UPS or, or you know, you know yep. or, now everybody is doing it. Kroger's, you know, you hey, give me five minutes. I have the ticket, you know? So it, it, it's just where we are now and being able to, a uh, true entrepreneur sees opportunity sometimes in its cloud, most cloudy, cloudiest form, okay? It's not clear at all. It doesn't even make sense. He's going on a hunch yes. oftentimes. Yes. But it's that hunch that he continues to develop and, and, and fashion until he gets to where he wants to be with it, until the opportunity blossoms in full display for everybody to see. Oftentimes, that's what's happening. Henry Ford didn't think of, he was thinking about the car, the Model T, but he didn't have all of the answers to it when he started down that road. He was, he was developing as he go. And oftentimes, that's what a true entrepreneur is doing. He's, he's reacting to the market, but he's got a hunch in his, in his inner man that he's saying, oh, I think this could work. But he has to prove that over time, and he has to believe enough in that the way he continues to, to go at it. And uh, the, the challenge is not convincing yourself. The challenge is always convincing others. Mm. We're talking again to the uh, economic evangelist, is Mr. Henry Golat, uh, who's done just a, a huge amount of work in the world of economic development for cities, universities. Now they're in the uh, city of uh, Columbus, Ohio, which is one of the greatest business cities there is in America. If you don't believe me, look it up for yourself. And yes, this is Black Metal Matters because it is a mindset as to how you're going to. First of all, like you said, you get well. You have to have confidence in yourself if you have an idea if it hits you like that you you say hey this there's a problem here's a solution to solve it i can do that i mean that that's a whole process you don't just jump out of bed and all of a sudden become an entrepreneur you you've got to kind of create that how, how would if if someone you know who was listening uh henry says man you know what i i've been having this job all the time but i really would love to have my own business what kinds of things do they need to start doing to program themselves to get because this is this is big boy game this is a big boy game out here. You can't uh, come in uh, uh, half cocks, as they say. So, so what I learned early in this process was that you can teach anyone, anyone to be an entrepreneur. Okay, it's not something that you have to be innate. You know, some people are more risk 
uh, tolerant than other folks. Now, that is something that's, you know, innate to a person's being, inner being. But you don't have to have an innate skill set to be an entrepreneur. What you need to be able to do is be able to, over time, teach yourself to evaluate the marketplace, the environment that you live in for opportunities. Mm. Uh, you know, yes. and it could be as simple as, I'll give you this for an example. Back many years ago, now it seems, uh, when the whole notion of selling bottled water <laughs> came of age. Wow. Mm-hmm. You do you can, can you imagine how right. uh, how silly that looked right. back then? I'm, well, I'm not I'm buying some, it. Some water. I can just turn this faucet. <laughs> there it is. Whoop whoop. There exactly. it is. <laughs> yeah. But over time, I mean, if you look at you look at people like uh, Fifty Cent. I mean, you know, he came up with vitamin water, and, and yes. you know, so so basically, what you do is you look around. And you say, what what is the market asking for? That maybe, they, for instance, they don't even know that they want this item just yet. Okay, the late Steve Jobs would say the job of Apple was to create products that people are not even, they don't even know exist or should exist or that they want them at this moment. But your job, that's marketing and and all the other pieces once you get it built. But once you introduce that, once you observe that in the marketplace, and if you're an employee working for an employee and you're going in every day, pay attention to the systems. That's right. Pay attention to the value you add into the company. That's right. Pay attention to, you know, who are the customers of that company? And I don't care whether this is government or whether this is everybody has customers. That's right. If you don't believe that, then, you know, you look at a political environment, you look at a congressman or maybe a council person and their constituency are the people who voted for them. That's their customers. That's right. So they have to do things programmatically, policy wise and otherwise to make sure that their constituency is on board and continue to follow with them. So what you do as an entrepreneur, you go in and, and everybody is not going to be brick and mortar, for profit, recognizable entrepreneur. This market is flexible and can accommodate a, a myriad of different types of entrepreneurs. They're social entrepreneurs. Their goal is to bring value and deliver a social good. In fact, we've got a whole social entrepreneurship movement where you've got companies who have set out on a, a more of a social mission and they are doing it with the input of social cause in mind. So if I give you for an example, there's a company here who does chicken. And what they do, their social model, their social good is that they are hiring mostly previously incarcerated people who have been reclaimed back into society. Yes. Now they pay their dues, get done, done those good things. But that's who they staff their their operations with. So in doing so, they're they're doing good, but doing well by doing good. Okay, so they're hiring these, and, and the list goes on and on. I can tell you about a coffee shop that that's, they, they, they give back X number, and they hire uh, people who have been victimized by sex trafficking. You know, so they bring them out of that, they, you know, help to give them an option outside of what they had gotten caught up in before in terms of the, the, the trafficking stuff. So there, are, you don't have, it's not a one deal fits all kind That's of right. description for entrepreneurs. Right. You have to be observant. You go in and you look at your current environment. If you look, look into being an entrepreneur, start an entrepreneurial business or, or whatever, find out what your assets are, but look around you to see how the model works. Define your model before you go too far out. Who's going to buy from you? What's the problem you're solving for? What's the solution you're offering? Those kinds of things like that. And then anybody can be, you know, give yourself to the discipline of entrepreneurship. That means you read, you're studying, you find you at least one business mentor, mentor. if you will. That's right. 
that you can look to to say, hey, man, this is what I'm trying to do. Ma'am, this is what I'm trying to do. Even if you are just looking at uh, and finding that person on the pages of a book, find somebody that you can look up to and say, look, that's my inspiration. Mm. You have said a, a, a whole lot right there. It, it just took me back when you were saying, even if you're on a job right now, learn their systems. I worked for Comcast for, for several years and, and man, we were a money making machine. And that was the last job before I stepped out on my own. And while I was at Comcast, while I was at other places in media before, I always found myself working with the nonprofit agencies, business associations. Now let's fast forward 30 years almost later and guess who I'm still working for? The nonprofit agencies and the businesses associations, you know, and learned how to get that stuff done fast. Thank you, Comcast, for all that you did for me. And I don't well, care. If, yeah, I don't care where you're working at. The same uh, uh, rules apply. What you did is you looked at who their customers were and you looked at areas where they were sufficiently serving them and areas where they were not sufficiently serving them. And then you gave voice to whatever their agenda was. You help them to craft their story and tell it. And then, in some cases, get it back to a Comcast for mass distribution, if you will. So, so yeah, you, you watch that system. The system worked. The system works. And and so, you know, for us uh, black folks, I always think that there is so much opportunity in the black community. And I think a lot of times we may be looking downtown when it's right on your block for those who are good with their hands, uh, carpenters and bricklayers and painters and people who, who are just good with their hands and know how to put things together that right within your own neighborhood is a gold mine of opportunity. But again, we see ourselves, we, and I, I think the celebrity lifestyle of today has kind of jaded us in thinking that if it ain't sexy, if it ain't getting a million likes, then it's not worthwhile. Well, I, I like to think about it, and you've you probably heard me say it in some of my classes before, is that 100% of nothing is still nothing, okay? I don't care, what, you know, so first of all, if you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're seeking to be an entrepreneur, you want to change your, your mindset around entrepreneurship and wealth creation and those things that go with it, and, you know, you, it's hard to do Things in this life by yourself. Who, who is in your network? Number one, we started off talking about look around you, look at your job. What are you doing right now? What can I learn? What can I glean? What relationships can I carry forward? But also in terms of having a network of people, who do you have that can be a part of the whatever it is you're you're thinking about creating. It's hard to do things by yourself. 100% of nothing is still nothing. And so finding that tribe, if you will, is going to encourage and motivate you and move you forward. But as you just said, never forget the fact that there's a trillion dollars created in the black community. It just doesn't stay with us, okay? Right, right. We, we we quickly diverse that, the disperse that. That's because we don't oftentimes, we don't spend enough time adding value, letting that, that value percolate in our communities. Mm. You know, we, we, we look beyond each other. We look the minute we get $10 more in our check, we want to move to another neighborhood. <laughs> we are needed in our own neighborhood. Yes. You know, there, there's enough sufficiency there even to take care of us in our neighborhood, but we have to mind that and we have to be diligent about it. That's why when you find other nationalities come into predominantly under-resourced neighborhoods, they find a foothold there and they eventually end up staying and, and prosper. They don't stay because it's a bad neighborhood for them. You don't stay, you don't find hairdressers of uh, Korean descent selling products in our neighborhood because they hate this neighborhood. They stay in there and they're doing business there because they can derive a value from that. And we oftentimes overlook that value. We overlook it because we've been sensationalized to think that it's it's not important or that it's better if it comes from a, a dollar's a I don't care which community it comes from. Mm. It, it still spins the same. Mm. 
Mm. Henry Golat is the man who we're talking to again, Henry Golat with the uh, city of Columbus, Ohio. But you've worked with HBCUs, uh, specifically at at, at an HBCU, but now working with HBCUs. And one of the things that uh, you have focused in on is opportunities in the world of uh, clean and green. I mean, is that something that uh, our community, our folks need to to, to be looking at? Is that going to be the future, Henry? What do you think? Certainly is it, it certainly is that among a, a, a lot of different things. But when you think about there are several aspects we think about clean energy and, and just by the way, I work with the city. I do consulting work on the side. So if anybody's wondering how am I in all these different spaces at the same time uh, and wearing multiple hats is how you do that. But but yeah, we've, we've been working uh, for the last few years on a clean energy initiative that is focused on historically black colleges and universities. It is actually uh, underwritten in part by major foundations, but it's also uh, supported by the Department of Energy. Basically, have a standing memorandum of agreement with the Department of Energy energy to do this work. And, and in so doing so, we're looking to build out the infrastructure. One of the things HBCUs, you know, I don't care which HBCU you talk with, it's always not enough resources and more to be done than what you have resources to cover. And so when you think about clean energy and what impact it could have on an HBCU and or on an HBCU host community, which is also under-resourced and underserved, uh, clean energy, is, is a, it can be a game changer. But one, it can bring down the cost of their physical operation and the physical plant, making them more sustainable and viable economically just as an operation. Uh, but it also delivers value to the planet. You know, you think about you know, where we are in terms of our humankind carbon footprint and how we need to reduce that to you know, basically save our existence for future generations. So we, you, you want to be at the forefront of that kind of conversation. But when you look at the cost savings and things like that, they are not just limited to the HBCU environment or infrastructure or physical plant. It's also can be duplicated and, 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 and provided to the host community. So if you're a low to moderate income household in and around a campus and the university and through this initiative can lower the cost of your energy as a homeowner, that's the cost saving for you to then be able to do other things, including perhaps uh, you know starting a small business uh, and, and pursuing some of those kinds of dreams and aspirations. So it, it has multiple effects on the economy. When you think about big giants like a Tesla and others who are playing around with technology and battery technology and you know scalability of that, we're talking about something totally different. What what does it look like if energy is not the major part of, of an operational budget for a, a university, a city, or a household? What does that do for us? It does a lot, I can tell you. Yes, yes, yes. You mentioned your company, uh, HG Consulting Services, uh, providing uh, community economic development, not-for-profit, small business, special project, management consulting, strategic planning to individuals, organizations, small businesses, municipalities, colleges, and universities. I say that again, HG Consulting Services, because, I mean, not only is he my friend, he has been someone who has helped me uh, do a lot over the years. And uh, for those of you out there who are looking to make a change or maybe just need some uh, a new direction. This economic evangelist, Henry Golad, is 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 the go-to uh, for me and uh, several of in our in our circle <laughs> when we uh, uh, need to know how to uh, really really get things done uh, and get them done in an efficient and, and professional way. I, I like you talk about you know that GPS of life and how you follow. You know you got to follow the signs. You know of, of what you see and and uh, you can help them navigate that, uh, Henry. So if people wanted to reach out to you, uh, how, how 
how do they do that? So yeah, we're in the process of redoing our website. So that's that, uh, the best way to communicate with me. Actually, it's on LinkedIn. Okay, uh, you'll find all of my work, body of work, relationships at all are, are housed there. Uh, for the most part, it gives you a good glean uh, uh, visibility, gleaning visibility of who am I and what am I doing, and what projects am I working with. But you also get a chance to see uh, maybe some of the things that others are doing with me, or even you know some of their assessments of some of the work that I've already done. So LinkedIn. Henry Gallat, last name spelled G-O-L-A-T-T, is a, a good way to, to communicate with me. Awesome, awesome. Well, Henry, we really appreciate time with flies, man, when you're having fun and when you're talking good stuff, man. And we're going to do this again, ain't no about to doubt it. Economic evangelist himself on Black Middle Matters, Mr. Henry Golat. God bless, man, and thank you so much, Henry. Man, thank you so much for having me, Vince. I look forward to continuing the collaboration. 